Hi, welcome back. I am Elizabeth, and this is Queenhood. So, Pride was this weekend in Chicago, and it got me thinking... We all have some coming out to do, don't we? I'm not talking exclusively about sexuality. Being gay is not the only thing that lands people in a closet. I'm talking about hiding any part of yourself, your authentic self, hiding it from the world because you're afraid you won't be accepted for it. I'm here to challenge that. I'm here to see if I can get you to consider opening the closet door today. I guess I should just say, at some point, depending on what size closet you're in and how far back you are, you might want a trigger warning. Um, If you're way in the back behind the winter coats, You know, and when you consider revealing your true self compared to who you are now, it seems like a trek through all those coats. You know what I mean? There's some people where the distance between who is my ideal person, like who do I want to be when I feel my most authentic compared to who I am in this moment? How far is that gap? It's further for some than others. And since I have been a person who was playing small and closing myself off in certain ways at certain times in my life, I know what it feels like. And um, I also know what it's like to just be fully like, in love with myself now and like, accept all the parts and just get to know myself and not be afraid to just really set out into the unknown, this darkness that is us trying to figure out who we are so we can start making sense of the things we do and all of that so that we can have successful relationships anyway this this is really the concept behind queenhood to come home to yourself like i said i have experienced life before queenhood bq before I got honest with myself and started addressing all of my layers. Honestly, I've never been the type to fall into like societal norms. And in fact, I've been known to be a little bit of a contrarian, a little bit of a rebel, don't like to be told what to do. So, I never liked that idea of that cookie-cutter lifestyle, and it did not look appealing to me. I have a thirst for so much more adventure in my life than what I see around me, I guess. So the fact that I then kind of had had, I have had ebbs and flows of being in queenhood, probably most of us have, or whatever, you know... I remember how lonely it felt. I remember how lonely it felt to feel like you have all the ingredients to be happy, but you're not. 
So like, why am I not? I have all the things that are like, you can check them off and say with your career, whatever your relationship, whatever it is. Why am I not then? So I want to be that person for you or to someone, one even person listening who feels in some way in the dark and not sure how to fumble their way into the light. I hope to be a person who feels like a beacon of light to you to just get you moving through the jackets at least. I may not be the one that pulls you all the way out. I hope I am, but I am so grateful I have my own role models in my life that really challenged me to think differently at a point in my life when I really needed that. It's like, it's crazy. You find it in really weird places, but I'm grateful for that. And that lonely feeling is horrible. So I just want it to be clear that this is a come with me journey, not a look at me journey. And we're here together. You guys are my brothers and my sisters. That's how I look at the world. We'll talk about that another day, but one of my life principles, really. It's my parents, siblings, and my romantic partner. Those are the only three types of relationships that exist in my world. So every other person in this whole world besides my parents and my future partner, they're all my siblings. You're all my siblings. That's how I see it. Sorry, you can't change that. You can feel differently if you want. But as your sister, I want to invite you to come on out. Come on out of there. Okay. So I am willing to ruffle some feathers in hopes to challenge your thinking and spark, spark just a little bit of courage into you just to do an inventory check. Okay. And maybe take a bit of action around it when you're ready. Now, I think... I think most people have a little fear of being rejected deep down. The fear of being rejected, right? That fear is what makes us live with one foot inside of the closet. And I don't accept that for you. As my brother and sister. All right, think about it like this. Everybody is a character, okay? Everybody is a character. You are in your movie where you are the main character, just like I'm the main character in mine. So now you know me, this is going to be visualization city. Like I love to do a visualization, meaning depending on what you're doing right now, like the most ideal way would be to like close your eyes and try to feel into the things I challenge you to feel into. But it's also great to be listening while you're driving or whatever you're doing. And then later go journal about it after you've been kind of letting it percolate all day. So either way, it's fine. We're here for it. So we are envisioning your movie and your character, who is this main character, who, of course, tends to be the most interesting character, at least one of the top three most interesting, right? So in this movie that is your life, 
This character has been dropped into this scene, the one that's around you, the one that's playing out every single day, in and out, in and out. This life you are living, you've been dropped in as a character. First of all, how would you view yourself as a main character? Because what types of characters do we like in books and movies? It's the most complicated, the most layered, the ones that have a story, the ones that have been through some shit. Those are the characters we like. They're like layer on layer on layer on layer. And you're like, that too? The things they've overcome, the way they have evolved, those are our peeps. Those are the people we are drawn to. And yet, and yet, when it's our life, we love to throw guilt and shame into it. And instead of looking at the things we've overcome, we look at how we failed somehow. You know, I can look at my past relationship as a failure. I choose not to. I don't think it is. It's an experience and I learned from it. So I think that it becomes part of my story. And frankly, I know for sure that it had to happen on a spiritual level. I just know that in order for me to be sitting here right now and wherever this will lead after this, because I'm just here for it. I'm along for the ride. I'm just trying to be a vessel. So I don't look at my life and hang my head and say, oh, that's awkward. I literally got married for a second and then divorced. And how do you want to look at that? That experience of having gotten to get a taste of this very specific thing that everyone encouraged and feeling what it's like to do that in a way that did not feel authentic, as if that wasn't going to affect it. But that is what so many people do, and they accept it as the norm, to just go ahead and go along with your plan. First of all, where, where did this plan come from? Usually it was not our plan to begin with. It was a plan that was handed off very subtly, usually, or piece by piece over time. So it's not, we're not going to frick up the plan, so... This person that fits well enough, that's gonna work. You're gonna make it work. You wanna have kids, don't you? Do you think I wanted to be 32 and not have a kid yet? (laughs) Okay, no. I definitely planned to have a baby already by now. But there was no way in hell that I was going to bring a child into this world before I was a rock solid foundation for that child. And I only arrived at that after being through what I just went through, to be honest. I think I would have been a good mom at any point. I feel that in my bones. (laughs) I know I'm gonna be a good mother, but I wasn't gonna just do that because I really want that, because I really do want that. But when I visualized my life, in that specific scenario with that specific person like in that specific life like again we dropped in we're in a movie like I was in this scene and I'm thinking if we were to add a baby to this scene no thank you 
sure, it would make for an interesting show for a minute or movie, but nobody wants to see that for long. It wasn't happening, so I could have stayed in the closet and just pretended like it was all fine. Sometimes people do, and they go to their deathbed, uh, living mostly or all in the closet. Others are the brave trailblazers among us who decide to fully come out of the closet, and they are the real ones out here. Um, like, just think of all the different situations. I had a cousin come out this year, and I am just so proud. I can't really put it into words. It's just like a relief because he's such a miracle as a human. And uh, when he came out, it was just like this relief of like, oh my God, wait, imagine if he had not had that spark of courage to do it. He would have gone his whole entire rest of his life. We're in our early 30s. He's not even, he's younger than me. I think he's 31 or 30. So it just made my heart just explode. And it was just so many feelings because I love him so much. He, he is my brother. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness a person in a huge, overbearing Italian family just spread his beautiful, beautiful wings and be an example that living authentically is the way to go because it is. And funny enough, like, I felt like I was coming out in a way with my breakup. And again, that's what led to queenhood. Now I'm connecting these all back right now. That's what led to this. And I, it just, for some reason, felt cool or just weird that it happened like around the same time and I was like oh you know it's not that different to be hiding that versus literally hiding that I was just like not happy at all I was like actually being a different person than my authentic self like not consciously but like you know you can get swept up in a situation that gets toxic. It gets in your blood. The toxic things and the codependency. Don't get me started. Here's the thing. Let's say you have had a failed relationship in the past. And now you have spent a lot of time beating yourself up over it. You've been beating yourself up for months or years. And in hindsight, yeah, you can clearly see what you contributed. And now you're wondering, could I have done something different? Oh wait, I was more problematic than I realized. And again, let me remind you that there's a reason that is a saying, hindsight is 2020. And there's a reason why Steve Jobs said that in his speech at Stanford that's so famous. I love his line of, we can never connect the dots looking forward. We can only connect them looking back. 
same thing. It's the truth. I just surrendered to that a long time ago. I just stepped into the trust. I don't need to know why this dot, what this dot's doing or what it's going to connect to. This is quite a dot I'm on, y'all. I mean, it's so different than what was just happening. So, like, it already feels amazing that I came out, that I am, like, feeling in alignment and I feel like myself again. And now I'm really thinking on another level about what I want out of life and all of that. And I'm not trying to figure out the exact like order of all the dots until the day I die. No, thank you. So anywho, that was such a random side tangent about dots. I feel like that went on too long. All right. Anyway, so in this scenario, like, so you, you realize now you weren't perfect or in whatever happened, I don't care. However, you consider this hypothetical relationship a failure in some way okay when we do that we retreat we just like start creeping backwards into a closet because we lose trust in ourself we lose trust in ourself we lose trust in our ability to select a partner like oh my god well we picked that one like, can I be trusted to pick one that will work out? You lose your ability to even have the confidence that you'll ever be able to have a successful relationship to begin with. Now you're wondering that because now you've connected the dots and now you're spinning out like, oh my God, I, I might have been the problem and is this going to follow me everywhere and am I going to be alone forever? No, no, you're not. If you're here, the answer is no, you're not going to be alone. All right. So, you know, you have lost trust in some way, whether that is conscious or not. It's kind of like when you start just being a little more shy or like less confident about decisions. Like if you think about are there things you used to be a lot more like decisive or a lot more confident about, and now you're just kind of like, I don't know. Because you just don't have that, like, you know, self-confidence that you need. So we become an insecure person as a result of that. And you see those people, right? And, like, I also know because I've had so many people tell me this and because I've experienced it myself that, like, you'll go in stages sometimes, right? You're like, I've been feeling really insecure at work. I've been feeling really insecure with you know, my hair or whatever. And there's that. But also, I think that, again, after, like, a big thing that you feel like was a failure or something that really just hit you, I think we can just totally retreat back in. And the question is, are you going to stay there? Are we going to unpack and move in? It's okay that you got there. I did, too. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because I believe you were just on that path that was the path 
that connects from that previous dot to where you are now and it's creating the path to the next dot that you've not yet experienced. That's all we're doing. It's all an experience and it's all adding to this. So we want to play an active role in shaping our reality. Half the time we don't even realize like how we got in there or like why we retreated. Sometimes we don't even realize it. Sometimes we figure it out later. Anyway, there's a lot of reasons. We get it now, Liz. There's a lot of reasons that can land you there. But we want to talk about the optimistic part. So I want to ask you about that. And you know, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. But um, if you're unhappy in your relationship, I want you to know you don't need to do that. And if you snapped back in your head just now about how I don't know what I'm talking about and that you need to because of your kids or that you need to because of money or that you need to because he's abusive. No. No. We can lie to ourselves for so long, yeah. But we're going to keep drawing circles, to quote Mac Miller. Right back at the beginning, drawing circles again and again and again, and we will go around and around until we are in the ground. Yep, that did just come out of my mouth, out of nowhere. We don't want to do that, yeah? But we like to say, well, I can't because what? We'll get into that. We'll get into that type of thinking here in a second. But what we're doing right now is I'm touching on different areas that are commonly things that land us in the closet. Okay. And the first one I'm talking about right now, obviously, is relationships. Like I said, I'm starting with talking about relationships because that's sort of, that was the last brick to take out of my Jenga tower before I had to officially rise to the next level because I had been on the self-work journey for a while before this, you know, the downfall of my last relationship. And I think that all did need to happen, but it was like I was blooming in all these other areas and I could so blatantly feel where the darkness was coming from at that point, if that makes sense. Because earlier in the relationship, when I didn't like my job and like other areas were contributing to my unhappiness, like I also had just moved to the burbs from Chicago. And so it was hard to tell, like, is this one source? Like, is one thing making me really unhappy and that's making everything else feel depressing? Or is it really just a clusterfuck of bad or unpleasant or depressing or, you know, whatever low vibe thing that we're just part of my life now? It's like, and I don't know, I could get into this. It's just hard to explain and I've tried to explain it to 
my sisters, but like, okay, like, I don't know if I want to get into this. Hold on. I don't know what to say exactly for now. I'll just say that there was a part of me back then that did know we weren't going to end up together. And at the same exact time, a part of me, I'm not sure if it was the same part of me, but another part of me was wanting to pursue it or even felt the pull to pursue it or felt that that was genuinely the right thing too. And I do wonder, again, with the luxury of being able to connect the dots looking back, yeah, like, did all that need to happen? But we shall see, huh? We'll see. We'll connect all those dots in the very end of this movie, but for now, it's interesting, too, to look back at how transitions from one chapter to the next take place, because that transition, that mode of transportation from one to the next is going to vary. Like, if you have a baby, your whole entire life changes, and you're going to be pivoting on a dime to the next chapter. That's like an instant thing. It's like, okay, you've got nine months and then your actual world is completely different, never to be the same again. And it's beautiful. Or if your relationship ends up exploding into smithereens, you're going to be kind of scattered onto the next chapter and quickly collecting all of the pieces. But... You know, I'll get further into this down the road. I'll be, you know, transparent. I'm having resistance right now because I really never want to seem like I am being unkind, even about my ex, just because that's not my style. So I'm still getting the hang of how to speak my truth and tell my story in an authentic way while still maintaining that principle about myself because I don't know I guess I uh, that's another thing I need to really think about or is it that's just not who I am okay but the point is that there was that, there was that battle going on. I wonder if other people have that. Oh, I guess I do know they do because, yeah, because I have had people tell me that. And actually, I'm just remembering this, like, that I had a friend who I worked with and she was dating a guy and she said to me, at lunch um I don't think I love him I love the idea of him but I don't think I love him and my gut feeling was like oh my god I feel the same way about my relationship but of course I didn't say that because this was not about me this lunch was about her doubts she was having She and her boyfriend had lived together for like a long time, like 
a few years, several years. I don't know exactly. I don't remember if it was four years, seven years, but they also had a newish cat together that she loved, but apparently so did he. He kept it. Um, I'm not going to judge, but anyway. So she went ahead and left him, and I was so proud of that. It was so badass. And what's so cool, I hate Ew, my God, this is all coming back to me. What? Oh, my God. After that lunch. Oh. Okay, so then she broke up with him, right? And then a few weeks later, we're sitting in the little cafe area at our workplace. And uh, it was rough. She felt bad. She felt lonely. She felt alone. Hopefully not alone, but you know, it's hard. The codependency alone, um, at least I'll speak for myself. If you really learn what that word actually means, like you realize, oh, that's like happening in probably like everybody's life in areas we do not even realize. And that's where the toxicity gets sneaky. There's a fine line. There's a fine line before it crosses over to being codependent and not so much just loving and helpful, but rather a source of where you get your juice and like you can't move without them and anyway so that wasn't her case they don't seem like that type but yeah that was really brave of her to leave him because it was what she knew in her heart was correct and I could tell it was and so I'm glad she did it and then um we were, you know, talking that day in the in the cafe, and uh, and uh, well, what happened is uh, I got distracted by the view of the city just now because it's so beautiful. So let me say that my friend was like, I guess I'll join Tinder, and I was like, cool. And before you know it. She finds this guy who's just amazing. And I've only spent so much time with him, but um, it's so weird because, like, she's so unique. And she has a really interesting yin and yang about her. Is that how you say that? Sorry. Um, That is so unique. I wonder if she's a Gemini. That would make sense. Um, She's just cool as frick okay so like not just any guy was gonna work and it's like laughable how perfect this guy is for her I was like literally like are you kidding me he's like textbook what you would choose for her like so unique with his big beard and like he's all tatted up and but he's so just like cool but also like so loving and like from a big loving family anyway it's just like seems like all the good things and hey they may end up together, they may not, I have no idea, you know, but what's interesting is she would never know if she just said, this is too complicated, we already live together, we even have a cat together, let's just not mess with it, it's like, that's a whole diff. that's a difference of an entire lifetime, do we realize that? Her trajectory I don't want to out anybody. 
I don't think she even listens to this, but like just looking at it so far in the couple years, it's like they were living in an apartment in the city, whereas she bought a home with her current boyfriend and they're like so cute about it. Like he does the construction stuff and she's like the queen of aesthetics in the home. Like she has a whole Instagram page of, you know, they'll be redoing the floors and like, it's really cool. You get what I mean. It's just like unique and fun. And there's just a whole lifetime waiting for us when we let doors open that we're being too stubborn to let open. Now, I don't want to be too hard on you or make you feel bad in any way. I do recognize that there are some situations that seem nearly impossible. I personally know someone in my life who's in one that, I mean, it's really tough to know what to do. Um, But in general, I just, all I'm doing is inviting you to challenge it. That's all I'm doing, okay? There are no set rules. Like, if this is happening, then da-da-da, except for abuse. You know what I mean? But do you feel good? Hi, do you feel good? Is it too much work? Are you constantly asking yourself, shouldn't this be easier? Will this ever get easier? Are you yourself around this person? Or do you have to shrink yourself because they make you feel like you're too much? Are you being gaslighted? Are they turning things around on you left and right and making you question if you're crazy? Do they just not appreciate you? Do they look at your cute proclivities and see annoying things, whereas the rest of your family and the people who love you, they see them for who you are, because you are beautiful. But some bozo has perhaps convinced you that you're problematic. Most likely your mom convinced you that you're a lot, and you should find someone who can deal with you. And that's not her fault if she did make you feel that way because we only have what we know, okay? So we're, like, that's literally my point is that we're not here to blame anyone. We're here to learn from all of the experiences and move forward. So if you feel like you're with your soul partner, like you have a vibe going, I love that for you. I love that. I love you. Okay? I love that. If you have been asking yourself those questions I just rattled off, is this ever going to get easier? Like, if that clicked with you in any way, there's a reason. That's all I'm saying. Goodbye on that. Okay. Relationships. Another big thing. Hold on. I'm not done. Real quick. With relationships... Like with my cousin coming out as gay, like you might want to pursue someone that you don't think your family's going to accept, or you don't want to divorce someone because you're from a Catholic family. Like, so when I just want to say the note is that when it comes to pursuing your relationship with a partner and every other thing in your life. You need to be doing you. You 
will have regrets if you live your life for someone else. If you live it for any other pursuit than your own happiness, your own happiness, you will. And if you think you're doing it in the name of honor in some way, again, I still invite you to take an inventory check. Because a lot of what we do because we think we have to, these are security blankets. These are big, heavy winter coats. So I just want you to pursue what makes you happy. And if you're not sure, go start looking, baby. Everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to have a life full of love. So we covered that entrance to the closet, like whatever is happening as far as your relationships in your life in general, especially your partnership or, you know, those types of things, like how you're spending that energy. Is it aligned? Is it not? Uh, One of the single most important factors to our life that contributes to our happiness is having a sense of purpose. So now I want to ask you, do you have a sense of purpose? And how are you spending your days right now? How do you feel about your job? When you get out of bed in the morning, what are your first thoughts about? Because that should tell you something. If you're working a job you hate, sorry, but you don't need to be working a job you hate. And I know sometimes it feels like you don't have a choice, but you do. And I know that because that's what I do for a living is I'm a consultant and I help people leave their jobs by starting something that they actually want to be doing because it feels like their purpose because most people arrive at this moment where they are a tea kettle ready to be taken off the stove they are a volcano about to erupt they can't stay in the closet anymore they're about to bubble over they want to live bigger we want to live life in full saturation We want to step into both shoes, plant the feet. We want to do this thing. And it's like wildfire now because we are living in a whole new world that is beginning to encourage that lifestyle of pursuing joy. Whereas our parents and all the generations before them, they didn't have that luxury. My grandparents were immigrants from Italy. They didn't have the luxury of saying, do we have a balanced life? Um, Do I have hobbies? No, they were surviving, okay? And it's a beautiful thing. And it's important that you and I keep ourselves in check. And uh, we remember to respect 
the generation before us and all before that because I don't care if you think your mom or your dad or your grandparents could have done a lot better you're here so they gave you that now work from here there is no point in saying well I started down here or they could have done more you know everybody again it's their story we only know what we know when we know it at the time we're in and we do our best so we love everybody in our life who brought us up and even if it felt shitty at times we're forgiving about that because it's so easy for us to say you should have done this okay rude our kids are gonna say that about us too so let's just not so i would really like to encourage you to pursue your purpose work i will be doing multiple episodes but soon i'll do one on just basics breaking down first how do you even discover what your life's purpose might be if you really just like are lost with that and then how do you monetize that like how do you make that a business if you're like I love painting I love fishing I love gardening whatever dancing you know whatever it's like okay well how do I make that into my job so I can quit my job I don't like like that's what I want to get into in more detail on another episode and again I do the coaching and you can go to houseofqueenhood.com houseofqueenhood.com and book an appointment with me and I'll change your life but anyway so you know what I want you to do something today if you can that would feel like you're taking one baby step towards what feels like your purpose what gets you into flow state is likely connected to what your purpose is so can you start there and follow that if you're not sure where to start and I'll also on that note recommend um, a book that was really helpful to me when it came to getting more specific about like whoa what is this feeling of like purpose like specifically what do I need to keep doing like I read this book by Sahara Rose called discover your dharma so discover your dharma and there are like different archetypes and you can really break down your personality and like what really lights you on fire and it's really cool so all right let's talk about mental health guys mental health is kind of like pop culture right now like everyone's talking about connecting with your childhood self and facing our traumas doing all these different types of therapy doing meditation it's just in an amazing way there's a spiritual revolution happening it's this awareness of the mind-body connection it's this awareness for this deep deep need for the connection that meditation and nature gives you so I am like thrilled that this is becoming the new landscape because it has so much shame behind this subject 
I was a little bit resistant way back when, when I first started therapy with some therapist a long time ago. And it took hopping around to find the right person that, that gels with me. And that's very normal. It's going to feel uncomfy at first. And let me just tell you, if you decide to venture out of the closet and you decide to walk through those winter coats and however far that journey is, it's most likely not going to be easy all the time. I've had to set boundaries that hurt I mean, I had to leave a marriage in order to choose myself and to choose what's important to me. That's a hell of a boundary to go ahead and say, oops, I placed that in the wrong spot. I need to move that and like change all those lives and affect all of those people. Oops. Yeah. Well, it's a choice. I could have stayed in the closet, but who am I living for? The people I'm going to upset? No. Do you feel triggered when mental health is brought up? Are you carrying heavy baggage that you would love to set down because you can't carry it anymore? But maybe you're not sure where to start. Maybe you don't know how to put it down. Are you experiencing loneliness? that's starting to feel darker and heavier, starting to feel more comfortable, like it's more part of your routine, as opposed to something that used to be every now and then. What's going on with the loneliness? I'm doing a full episode on that as well, because guess what? You're not the only one feeling it, because I have a lot of friends and family reporting the same data and is so, so juicy of a topic because there is a difference, a big difference between being alone and feeling lonely. And in that gap lies this self-work, this digging that can feel like walking around with your skin off because you're shedding layers. But someone has to do it, and that only someone is going to be you. But you have a lot of power behind you once you get going, because as soon as you come out and the sooner you get more and more tapped into source, more and more tapped in and in alignment, the easier your life becomes. We are put here for a reason. And we are meant to pursue that. We have all of these interesting, cool things about ourselves. Gifts, interests, ideas that just come to us. Those are coming to you because they're for you. And when you move towards them, look at what happens. And when you resist them, the universe, God, the, the source, whatever you want to say, it starts to learn that habit. It starts to learn that you just are going to say no. So it's going to stop sending you these opportunities. It's going to allow you to play small. It's going to allow you to stay in the closet because you're telling it over and over and over. No, you don't understand. 
I want to live in this closet I have unpacked and it's already comfortable here and it's not as scary. It's not scary at all because if I go out there, I don't know what's going to happen and that's scary. Yeah, well, change is scary, but the only growth that happens happens when you step your first foot outside of that closet and it is not worth living any other way. There's no reason that makes it worth you staying closeted. Because you are amazing. Because you are you. You are a masterpiece. Because you're a piece of this master. You're a piece of this energy that is the one. When we relive past traumas over and over again, whether conscious or not, Our bodies are reliving it every time. Our bodies are reliving it every time. Another book to look into on that is called The Body Keeps the Score. It's really good. Breaks down the science behind actually how our mind and body are, in fact, connected. And how, over time, you think you're pushing through. You think you're shoving that down where it'll never have to be dug up. Your body's carrying that in the form of cortisol. So go ahead, try to keep carrying it. It's really heavy, really toxic. It's gonna burn a hole in the thing at some point. And it's so painful to live trauma over again. But It's a demon inside of you, like I have mine. And towards the end of the episode, we're going to talk about how to snuggle with that demon instead of thinking it's one we need to fight with. But the idea is that we can say that we're fine. We can say we're fine. You can say that. If you want right now, you can say that you're fine. No, I don't have anything mental health. I can skip past this. Okay. All right. Where's your happiness coming from? What are your vices? What are the patterns? Do you get home every night and have a glass of wine or get high and check out for the rest of the evening? Night after night after night. What's your vice? What are the external things that you are allowing to be your source of happiness right now? Because you've told yourself that they're just healthy behaviors that you like to engage in by choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of ways to avoid our baggage. TV, podcasts, traveling, going out, serial dating... Drinking, smoking, whatever it is. Becoming a gym rat. You can try to tell yourself that the habits are healthy and that you have them under control. But your body knows the truth and so do you. And your body, this physical body, this precious beautiful physical body you were given to carry your beautiful soul around in 
it only gets one go around in this life. So to choose to carry bags made of toxicity, toxicity being the poison that's passed around, or guilt and shame, whatever it is burning a hole in your soul, um, it'll catch up to you. Loneliness is a real thing in adulthood. It's not talked about much. It's not talked about enough on a collective level from what I can see. But I hear about it all the time from the people around me. And by the way, you can be with a person physically and feel completely alone as well and completely lonely as well. I think there's a type of guilt or shame that comes with saying you're lonely. Maybe it's embarrassing. So... There's a stigma, perhaps, I think, around that. And for me personally, I had this as a very kind of new experience when this breakup happened. And then I was in my new loft for, you know, the first several days. Like, I would say the first week, I just felt, I mean, I'll just, why not be totally honest? I told my therapist, I said, this sounds dramatic, but the way I felt was as if I was being tortured. Like, it did. And I remember that there was a specific week where I, I couldn't smoke weed, and I like to do that for my anxiety in some form or another, and it just put a bigger light on it, and it was another thing where I was like, I wouldn't say that I depend on that, but like it is something in my life that helps with that anxiety. And I guess it just worked out kind of well in a weird way because it was really painful to have to sit with myself and not have my thing. That's like my choice over having like a glass of wine like how people do when they're feeling like I just want to slow my brain down at the end of the day. So to kind of have to sit with myself in that loudness, it was something. So I really had a big moment then where I'm like, oh, okay, I need to fall in love with myself. And not just even falling in love with myself, but more than that, it it's a comfortability with being alone and it's just interesting because I had that my whole life I had that before I had that in my teenage years I had that in college where I can be alone anywhere I could go you know travel alone and I feel very connected to mother earth to nature to the ocean like I feel connected to nature but it's just crazy. See what happens? Like, I was in a really, really, really toxic relationship. So I needed to make my way back home to myself. Back home to myself. And that requires intention. If you are experiencing loneliness, I recommend, highly, highly recommend starting with meditation. That, for me, is what closed the gap 
between alone and lonely. It was just, a, you know, it was a just bringing back to myself. That's as simple as it is. But also getting out into nature and trying out therapy. Those things will really help you come home. Everyone has a shadow. If you know about this concept of the shadow, amazing. If not, I'll read you what Wikipedia defines it as. It's known in analytical psychology as an unconscious aspect of the personality that does not correspond with the ego ideal, leading the ego to resist and project the shadow. In short, the shadow is the self's emotional blind spot projected. So, think of this. The moment we were born, we start writing our software, aka the pathways in our brain, we're creating the pathways. From ages zero to eight, those are the most informative years for our physical, intellectual, and social emotional development. Zero to eight. You're developing your physical, intellectual, and social emotional. Imagine your life right now between the ages of zero and eight. And that you were coding this software from that place. That software was being coded based on what was going on around you. That's the same software running your system to this day if we don't choose to do the update. It's not an auto-update situation. Doing the update requires two things. One, realizing the software you're running on is outdated. Instead of being too stubborn and having too big of an ego to just turn around and face yourself. And two, it's taking responsibility for your own software update, sir. You're going to find it difficult to live in an iOS 16.5 world if you run in on iOS 1 software. It's not going to work. Think about the first iPhone and think about this incredible one right here in front of me. The capabilities alone. There was a very basic software compared to what it is now. The human brain was never basic, neither was the iPhone. Okay, But you were a baby and you had the basics going. But you're forming and forming and intertwining these things around you. These all anytime you were in fight or flight, like that's having a an impact on your nervous system. The software is being written and it's a choice and with this amazing recent science, like relatively speaking, I mean this is in our lifetime, this is huge that now we can see in science the brain and these pathways and how, sorry, I'm always recommending things. Look at Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Sorry, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Incredible, um, incredible. So that one will explain to you 
what I mean about the rewiring on a scientific level, including diagrams, which I love. So for someone who's like feeling doubtful, it's a great place to look. You know, when it comes to doing the self-work, like some things seem like, oh, I would love to try that. Other things seem like, you know, they seem a little more questionable. And depending on how open your mind is, for me personally, my spiritual journey, I'm so wide open. I want to learn all the things. I'm like, what? What is what is Reiki? Like, I want to learn what that is. I want to experience that. I need to learn more about tapping. I'm obsessed with meditation. I'm getting more and more into yoga. I just want to learn all the possible ways that my mind could be opened. Especially, of course, my favorite is travel. Being in nature. How wide open can I get this thing? So it's a choice to look at it that way. But some people, you know, you're very, very trained to see things in black and white. Your, your software is very, very well written. <laughs> really, really, really strong coding on that back end that is very rigid and tells you that you need to stay safe and you need to stay in this box because change is scary. Where are you out of alignment? Can you stand in the wholeness of who you are? We can't wait and sit around for someone to come get us. They're not coming. They're not coming. Give yourself permission every day to feel fulfilled. How do you want to be remembered? Whatever you have done in your life so far, I want you to know you've been admired and loved in some way a lot more than you realize. And maybe it hasn't been perfect. Maybe you would have done things differently. Congratulations, you've evolved. On my favorite podcast, Armchair Expert, with Dax Shepard and Monica Pavman, Dax has his mom on on one of the early episodes and I have to say it's like one of the most beautiful pieces of content that I had heard in a while and I immediately sent it to my mom and you're going to want to as well the key takeaway was that his mom Laura I want to say she takes full ownership of everything from the past that she contributed She was in a few relationships that were abusive. So these guys were Dax's stepdads. And she stands in her truth of where she was at at that time, why she pursued that. They, as a mom and son, have gone there. I'm sure they, I know Dax has been in therapy and I don't know about his mom. But regardless, it's like a very courageous thing to face one another with this acceptance and understanding instead of being like you were a shitty mom you were never there it's like okay um so she's aware of what she contributes and contributed in his childhood she was talking about how she was working multiple jobs just to keep a a roof over their head and that yes she had to lean on dax and his brother to take care of their baby sister yes 
She's like, yeah, I did, and that sucks, and I wish I didn't have to, but I had to. That's what I had, you know? And what I loved was, like, the duality that she has ownership of what she did, but is also like, yes, I've evolved, of course. You know, I'm a stronger woman. She picked herself up by her bootstraps, and it's so inspiring. She's such a strong woman, and my mom is such a strong woman. And there have been times where she was doing that. She was just trying to keep a roof over, and she was working three jobs. And I just hope that parents in general and anyone else that relates to this can take that Dax's mom mindset of saying, really what it is is she removed guilt and shame. Shame, really. Like, she removed shame from this equation. And I would love to put a petition in for removing shame from all of this, from all of it, from everything. People and their shame about the past. It's like, it's the past. You're going to live there. And again, guess what shame is? Guess what the ingredients are when you bake a shame cake? Cortisol. Okay, so it's just cortisol. That's a, I think, maybe an egg, but like, okay. So I know that some parents feel dark and heavy sometimes when they have that gift of hindsight and so please be kind to yourself so I'd love to do that and remove the shame from all of that I'm wondering if even just the people that are hearing my voice right now like if we could all just tell our parents and grandparents thank you for being the backs we stand on like however small or big their leap was for you can we remove any judgment about the steps they made and can everyone accept their truth? Can we just realize that we are making one forward movement? It's, we're all going in the same direction. There's no reason to fight and fight the current. Everyone's contributing. We're all putting a step on this ladder. We're building it as we go. And some people, like my grandfather, they added 26 steps, where maybe I'll add four, and a regular person might add one. Because <laughs> I have big dreams. I'm out here trying to build an empire so that my kids never worry a day in their life. Because that's my standard now. Alright? So you do you. But, again, they were building the tallest foundation possible for us to stand on, and now that is all we can do as well. Okay, so we've gone through a few of the key areas, and then we've taken a few side trips. But areas where people commonly hide what's really going on and the places where I'm inviting you to take an inventory check. Relationships, career, like purpose, how you're spending your days, loneliness, mental health, and please, the past shame and guilt. you got to look at that. It's got to go to bed now. It's just not cool. It's not a vibe. It needs to leave the partay. Shame is ick. All right. 
I highly recommend journaling this out and just do free writing. Say I'm going to take up two notebook pages or whatever it is. Kind of get it out if you're asking yourself the question, where am I hidden behind a closet door in some way? It's kind of like if you were to ask your seven-year-old self in a journaling, visualization, whatever exercise, would she have something to say about where you're hidden right now? You know, I think little Liz would have pointed out in in the pre-queenhood Liz, before queenhood, so during BQ, I think little Liz would have said, what happened to all your art? Because, like, I had just, like, stopped doing art and completely and like art is part of who I am I've always loved it and as a little girl it was my whole life like painting drawing chalk like pastels I wanted all the things and it's a part of me and like of course that felt so depleted and so hidden in a closet up on some dusty shelf so like what would your young self say to you because our young self was closer than we are now because we've been building layers all this time and that's okay like we've been adding clothes to the closet but really it's like layers on top of your queen layer by layer every time somebody hurts you and you put yourself out there you put a bigger layer every time you lose trust in yourself you put a big layer it's okay that's why we're here and it's kind of like it is like jenga because it's not like it's gonna take you forever once you start breaking up the structure of that filter that's holding us back it starts to crack open you know it starts to crack open and the dirt loosens up and it becomes easier and easier because you're on a journey and you realize that you're not trying to arrive somewhere we're here and we're building our character profile remember can i point something else too that i've noticed I think certain people are threatened by other people coming out in different ways, like just being a peacock and just like coming out and being them. And I think it's because they are afraid that they'll be outed, that they are closeted in some way, or like they're triggered because they wish they had that freedom is so often what it is, I think. And they just are so closed off that it feels like so risky. Like someone could come by and just flip on the light switch all of a sudden and they would just be found out that they're not living authentically. It also makes people say, shit, it's becoming more and more of a thing that people are doing this inner work and mine seems daunting as hell. This closet seems infinite. Like it is daunting and the more and more normalized it gets, it probably, for some people who really don't want to do it, have huge resistance. It's probably feeling like it's closing in on you and you're like, can I do this forever? Uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't recommend staying in there forever. So here you are. You made it here. And I don't think it's an accident if you're hearing this right now. I don't want you to have to get shoved out of the closet. Ideally, we can float out gracefully at our own pace. I had gone into that little autopilot should life moment and I was ignoring my inner knowing who was clearly saying to me that this was not the situation I should be in. But again, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself. 
Maybe the voices of the people I wanted approval from were louder than my inner knowing. But there was a point when I just could not hold the act any longer. It's not to say the married life was not for me. I want to be a wife. I want to be a mama. Being a mom was one of the many factors that made that so difficult. Time was going on and I'm not getting any younger. But I prioritized doing it correctly because I know what it's like to be the child in a family where the intention behind the marriage was not a soul connection. That's all I'm after, is a soul connection that is the foundation of this amazing family we're going to build. And I need a person that makes me feel a certain level of safe and that I know is going to feel safe around our baby. And it's a dance. We already know. I don't want to sit here and try to say anything about what you might prefer because it's your inner knowing that would be good for you so I was given the gift of that weird chapter of my life I think because I was forced to do the big work I don't think I would be the mother I'm going to be now after having to do that Okay, we are going to talk about this thing I do called root tracing. So pretend this is a movie. Again, you're the main character. The main character, you, you just got triggered. So you felt that zap feeling in your chest or your stomach. This moment, you pause the movie right now right in that exact moment when you feel triggered. And now while it's paused, we sit in that feeling for a moment and we try to close out the rest of the world. It's just you, this feeling, and the infinite source. So you get to tell this feeling that sometimes feels painful, sometimes feels icky. You can tell him he's welcome to stay. And all this time you have fought him, this demon that comes in, because you thought that's what you're supposed to do because he's kind of ruining your life. He keeps making you do shit you don't even want to be doing. Because why are you triggered? So tell him and put your arm around his shoulder and say, talk to me, what are you afraid of? Let's say as an example, you're out with your boyfriend and he goes to the bar to get you guys more drinks. While he's up there, a gorgeous woman starts talking to him and then you immediately get this flush of heat, jealousy, that bitch she back this is where we would sit with that bitch jealousy and we would say hey girl 
Um, what is it that you're actually scared of right now? What are you afraid of? What she's afraid of is being left behind. She's afraid that if he sees something in this girl, he will realize, realize that he doesn't need you. You will be abandoned. And that feeling of being abandoned in your stomach right now feels like a little kid being lost in a huge water park from his mom. He can't, she's nowhere to be found. Lost. Abandoned. That's how it feels. That situation can escalate that quickly in your mind, in that mindset, from that part of your brain. It can go from that woman standing there to you feeling in your body abandonment. We don't want to feel that. We don't want to feel alone. It hurts. Spoiler alert, that scenario was just me telling you my story. One of my many triggers that I have had to trace, one of my roots, was this jealousy, quote unquote jealousy, that plagued me. It was a gigantic demon to face. And now I know better than to fight him. I sit with him. We have done a lot of sitting during meditation practice. And even when this demon that comes up when the jealousy thing, I say jealousy like that because it doesn't feel like jealousy. It's like it's some rush, but we'll get into that. That's what we're doing. But even when this demon is twirling around in there like a Tasmanian devil, I still sit. I sit still. I sit still and I welcome him. Eventually, he calms down and meets my energy. That's what meditation is. Meditation is the quieting of him and the accepting of him. The expectation that he will swirl again. Not the fighting when he does. He will again and again and every time he does each and every time you say come back come here sit down put your arm around him every time so every for however many times that nasty thing comes up you will respond that way and that is the way you will make change we sit and we welcome him he calms down i look at this as Bringing your subconscious mind back to your conscious mind. Closing that gap over and over. So every time Taz tries to pull me in, I welcome him to sit down. And it is a fight that has evolved into a dance. You guys, I never thought that I could change that about myself. Seriously. I, like, I just labeled myself as a jealous person and I felt so much shame about it. And I was just genuinely confused about it. Because I'm like, rationally, I don't feel that way. Like I know that I'm not actually worried that this person's gonna go cheat on me. 
so then what's that weird feeling that I feel like a little boy in a water park that's lost? Oh, it's fear of abandonment. So seeing that Taz, I'm calling it that now, Taz is my shadow. (laughs) So for me, where did that fear of abandonment or being left behind, where did that originate? Primarily from junior high because I was relentlessly bullied and I was living in hell. And a couple teachers also blatantly bullied me in front of the whole class. I felt misunderstood and alone for so long. It felt like I was living in some kind of parallel universe that was like a few degrees off because these people do not get me. I just did not belong. And it was constantly the feeling of these people have me all wrong. Like I'm just, they don't see me. And that sink feeling, that wanting to disappear, that desperation for wanting to be accepted and yet wanting to disappear at the same time. I don't want to feel that again. It hurts. And then I kind of recovered that from that and came into my own towards high school. And then it did not help that the first guy I really felt like I loved was someone who wandered off with others while I only wanted him. And I know I'm not the only person that's been in that scenario and it's sad. And I was just a teenager. It's a rough scenario. But in some ways it fucked with me maybe like a lot because it was my first big feeling experience like that. Like I had of course never felt that way. And so then that was in my head that was like, I wasn't good enough to be his only choice. So that definitely stuck with me. Um, And that's at the end of my root tracing, like little things like that. Why do I have that fear that I'm not good enough? But it definitely, that root was very much planted back then in my youth when I was very, very rejected. These things just kind of add to our narrative, right? They are evidence for this thing. So whatever your version of that might be with your root tracing. So like that's tracing a root all the way back from this disguised jealousy feeling. Where are you feeling triggered in your life? And can you trace it all the way back to what it could be? And I'm not a psychologist, but I am in therapy. And of course, we've talked about this because I said, oh my God, you know what I realized? Blah, blah, blah. And that's called cognitive behavioral therapy and why you start with that because then you're given tools to use in your life, like learning how to do that actual reframing of your thinking so that you're doing the rewiring of the brain so that you don't have to stay stuck in those places. Because trust me, I understand the hell it is to live in when the demon that you are desperately trying to tame is the same demon that is scaring people away or ruining your relationships or ruining something in your life for you. And so you're just dealing with it everywhere and it feels like you can't get it under control sometimes. To be in that state of fight or flight 24-7 when I was living like that, in that constant fear, 
I had to stop and look, what the hell is this? It shouldn't be like this. Like, it shouldn't feel like work and it shouldn't feel tense. Like, I just want to be. Like, I just want to be relaxed. That's all I want is to just be. And had I not traced that back, I don't know that I'd ever have a successful relationship in the future, whereas now I'm prepared and I have tools to do that. When I have a partner at some point, it will be someone who sees me. Otherwise, I won't choose to be with them because remember, I have that standard now. I'm not going to be with someone that doesn't see me, that isn't choosing me as their first choice, etc. So the state of being I want to be in in my next relationship is relaxation. I want to be... I want it to be like love and flow and that takes two but as you see like had I not done any of that I can only walk my half of the beach and the other person has to walk their half you know so it's worth the digging it's worth the digging you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for everyone in your life and you're setting an example that people evolve even out of the deepest depths I just didn't want you to leave this episode thinking yeah well I feel I feel triggered by this because yes I feel hidden and closed off in some way but I don't know where to start just telling you about this root tracing because it's something that I started doing in my journaling a long time ago and it works well for me to untangle that's what I am doing like 90% of the time when I'm journaling it's like I'm tracing something back I'm untangling something to free myself from the thought so I do hope it helps you look I have two questions for you now one can you let yourself be wild and Can you be wild enough to let others be wild as well? As Gandhi said, we need to be the change we want to see in the world. So that means if you want to say, you know what, I want to be me, then that's the standard you're going to now need to hold for your partner and your family and your friends and even complete strangers on the street. Life is so much more pleasant when you start looking at everyone as a character. That's why I do it. Their annoying traits can become cute proclivities in a second, just by putting it in a new light. Can we embrace our authentic selves at the most radical degree, the wildest way possible? And can we allow others to do that as well? Because that notion is scary and intimidating to some people I think so I just want to encourage you to shake it up shake it up and challenge yourself why are you threatened by that why is that intimidating like why whatever it is let's challenge the feeling because it's just so much easier to live in a state of love and acceptance to live in resistance is like trying to go against the current the more resistance a person has 
about coming out of the closet in whatever way, the more control they are requiring in their life. And the more need for control a person is seeking, the more fear they have. I'll say it again. The more resistance you have about coming out of the closet in whatever way, the more control you're seeking in your life. And the more need for control you have, the more fear you have. It takes radical vulnerability to step into your truth, but it is so worth it. Sing your song, dance your dance. Wear what you want to wear, be who you want to be. What is this character like, this real one? Who's your soul? Can you bring your soul out into the full light? What is this character like and how can you become her? Don't put yourself in a box. You can't grow and start to step out of the closet from a box. And statements like, I'm not the type of person who blah, 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 or I would never blah, 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 keep us from evolving. Those are closed-minded statements. In my ideal state, I'm totally a wide-open vessel to the universe. I'm open to what is for me. I'm in alignment. I will receive what is for me. We all want that. We want to feel in alignment. We want to live our truth. As long as you're not hurting anybody on purpose, I'm not talking about bystanders who will be put off by your boundaries, but talking about having an intent that is to hurt someone. As long as your intentions are good and it's all in the pursuit of alignment, I would go for it and I would really pursue it. I would spend your energy on that. I would spend your energy on prioritizing joy. You will be glad you did. This is your life. There is so much more we could talk about with this, and we will. But for now, I hope that you took something away from this that helped you. And if anything, it's just a call to do an inventory check and ask yourself those questions and journal about it. Can't hurt, right? So even when it feels daunting, move towards it. Remember how I am with Taz. It's a tornado of old trauma trying to say don't do it you're gonna get hurt and it can be scary when you think you have to face him when you think you have to face that fear that fear's been in you since you developed that software so you don't need to feel shame or weird about the fact that you're still dealing with it or this is incredible the identifying it is the solve like the rest is the pursuit of the thing you now know you need so I'm excited for you I'm really excited for you this is how you get to queenhood right I mean we're talking about living an aligned life which means you're being the most authentic version of you at a soul level and that requires coming out and that's what we're here to do you are beautiful in every single way inside and out and you already have everything you need to feel pure joy 
and purpose in this lifetime. It's simply about removing the layers and coming back home to yourself. That's all I want you to do. Keep being amazing. I'll talk to you soon, okay? And in the meantime, do me a favor and keep coming home to your queenhood. Mm-hmm.